Last week we were talking about, you know, that marriage is not a bunch of do's and don'ts. And if you've gone to a marriage seminar years ago, Melanie and I went to, and it seems like that's what they boil down to. You know, the woman to do a bunch of do's and the men do a bunch of do's and both of you do a bunch of do's and don'ts. And that's pretty good. And you're excited about that the first six weeks afterwards. But after about six months, you're done. And so you people think, well, man, I, that didn't work. And, and I'll have to be honest. I don't think it works. Got the same response from the first service. I just keep hoping that I can get a different response. But anyway, I believe that God, listen to me, I believe that God has given men and women grace on the inside. All that they need to be the husband they need to be and to be the wife they need to be. I'll even go one step further. This series is not so you can tell your husband, did you hear, Pastor, what he said? You're not doing it. Did you hear, Pastor? You're not doing it. I believe, I truly believe this, that if your spouse never does it, your Heavenly Father has already done everything inside of you that you will ever need. Now, having said that, everybody thinks, I'm free. Yes, you are free. But I believe the grace of God will speak to you to meet the needs in your spouse. So we're going to go over these needs because a lot of people don't know about these needs. And so this is what you can do. You pray, God, I heard this message today, and I'm just going to believe that grace is in me to love my wife, to do what she needs, to do what my husband needs. I have the grace of God in me. You, do you realize that marriage has been set up to be the, one of the best things on this planet? And if you talk to most married people, they go, what planet are you on? <laughs> Between the devil and the world and everybody trying to infiltrate the church and, and infiltrate marriage, it, 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 Christian marriages are sometimes not even better in, than the worldly marriages. This ought not be, God says. He says, I set it up to be not just good, but great. Hallelujah. All right. Two things that men need. This is not every single man. So if men or women, if you hear the, me talk about this, this may not be you. It's just the majority. Six out of ten is majority. So if you're one of the four, don't go... I'm not normal. Well, probably not. But anyway, I mean, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I mean, at least this should start a conversation between your spouse and you. If one of you says, well, he said that's number one, but it's it's not my number one. Well, good. We'll talk about it to your spouse. This should at least bring up conversation in marriages. But if it does fall in, well, then good. You can talk about it. Proverbs chapter 31, the number one thing, that just about you can read any marriage book just about uh, honor respect is what men need Proverbs 31 11 and 12 talks about the Proverbs 31 woman so ladies this is for you the heart of her husband trusts in her confidently and relies on and believes in her securely so that he has no lack of honest or gain or, or need of dishonest spoil she comforts encourages 
and does him only good as long as there is life within her. Let me just say this. You should never be critical of one another in public, ever. Ever. But uh, wives, don't be critical of your husbands even in private. Now, does that say you, you can't correct or, or do something or give them some pointers? Yes, obviously. We encourage you to do that. But having said that, if you are negative all the time to your husband and critical of uh, this, do you realize, I? this is my opinion now, not biblical, my opinion, I think men are more fragile than women. When it, <laughs> and all the women said, <laughs> blow my head away back. I just said it was my opinion, ladies. I'm not saying it. They're going, that's gospel. <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. But, you know, a men's ego and what they think about themselves, it's fragile. And I'm telling you, ladies, it takes a good woman to make sure that egg doesn't get cracked. The Bible says, does him only good, Proverbs 31. So, ladies, if you want to do good, be an encourager. Be somebody that stands stand by your man. You want me to sing that? <laughs> My wife's going, no. Ways to do him good. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 2. When they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves, talking about women, together with your reverence for your husband, you are to feel for him all that reverence includes. Here's the list. To respect, defer, revere him, to honor, esteem, appreciate, prize, in human sense to adore him. That is to admire, praise, be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband. Man, that's a mouthful. But ladies, if you want your marriage to be great, God has given you the grace to honor Him, to encourage Him, to admire Him, to make Him think that He is the knight in shining armor on that white horse, not some rust tin kettle on a donkey. Respect. It's what men want. It's in our DNA. They want to know that you think, not the world, but that you think they are awesome. That you think they are awesome. I mean, it's good. I mean, people say, oh, Pastor, that was a great message. That was a great message. That was a... Thank you. Thank you. But if my wife said, you know, that was just, hmm. It means more coming from her than... It's just the way men are wired. We're wired that way. The number one goal of every man is to look awesome every day of his life and not look stupid and all women know that yeah it must be a chore because it's not happening every day but that's for sure but respect is a choice ladies you get to choose well what, what if they're not respectable I understand and let me just say this to get people out of the ditch listen we're not talking if any situation is abusive or whatever you know we're not just trying to mellow over that. All right? We're not just saying, oh, just stick it out, honey. No. If, no, we're not saying that at all. Is everybody perfectly clear? All right? So don't get flaky on it. But 
Respect is what men want. That's what's in our DNA. It drives them even. And uh, so sometimes, I mean, well, all the time, you, have, you look for things that you can talk good about your husband. He's a good driver. He makes a good living. Or if he just has a job. Or if uh, he helps you clean. So far, Pastor, none of those. Keep going. <laughs> you can find something. I like the way you comb your hair. You know you comb your hair really great. I don't know too many. You can find something. He needs to be encouraged. He needs to be encouraged. You know, and, and he likes this honor thing. You know, and if you have something on, hanging on the wall, that's fine. But that's why men like to put the deer on the, on the wall and, you know, kill that, shot that, wrestle that in Florida. Look at that alligator. I got that dude. I mean, they like stuff. Why? Because I did that. It's honor. Show's honor. Shows. So, and men's honor is things, ladies, this is why men like to talk about the past. They don't have any honor in the future because they haven't been there. But you know, you look on some people, most women won't allow this, but you look on some people's uh, mantle, 1978 bowling trophy. Yeah, you should have been there. I bowled at 293, man. It's honor. Did something great. Oh, I hit that home run. Got that litter on my jacket. Got this. That's why, ladies, men want to talk about their past, what they done, what they did, how much they made, what they bought, how they did it. It's all about honor. So, ladies, appreciate that. Thank them for something that they've done or that they are doing. Women, make your husbands feel like it's a million bucks. You are, they are special. They are special. And talk faith. This is where faith can come in. Faith can come in. Faith is not something that you see it, feel it, taste it. You don't see it, but you can believe it. That's called faith. So ladies, you can talk faith. You know what? I believe you can run any company in America. Really? Any Steve Jobs has nothing on you. Talk faith. Talk faith. I believe your future's so bright. There's just going to be a door of opportunity that God's going to bring to you. And man, I'm telling you, you are just success wrapped up in a bowl waiting to be untied. Talk great faith to you. And you know what men are doing? You go, oh, wow, man, I, I better start seeking God on this, man. I better do something. She's expecting it. Talk good things to your husband. And couples, the best thing you can do for your spouse is love your kids. Let me rephrase that. The best thing you can do for your kids is to love your spouse. I got that back. In just a minute, you'll know why. I'll explain the best thing you can do for your children is love your spouse. The best thing. It's better than making a million bucks. It's better than being successful. It's the best thing. Your kids need to see that my mom and my dad love each other. I just thought I'd say that. Love. Love him. And let me just say this. It has nothing to do with feelings. Feelings will come if you, if you let the grace of God work in you. Feelings will come, but 
It doesn't have anything to do with feelings. Now, number two. This is not all men, majority of men. Second greatest thing that a man needs is sex. Same response for first service. When I was growing up in church, I mean, we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I mean, you talk about religiously. Religiously, we were at all three services. Unless you're half dead. If you're sick, come on, you can make it. But mom, I'm puking. They have bathrooms in church. So we went and all of that. I was thinking about this the other day. I never heard the word sex ever, ever mentioned in church. And I went from the time I was seven until I left home. Never heard it. So obviously, most people in the church where I grew up, it was a dirty word. You don't ever talk about sex. Well, it's kind of strange because God is the one who, who did this thing. You, know, you, you do know that. What in Hollywood? I mean, God created man and women for that. I mean, to be able to do that. Sex. And yet Christians, they don't, you shouldn't talk about that. So you want Hollywood to educate you, your kids? Anyway, back to the men. Two books are good books for married couples. These were written by Christian authors. The Act of Marriage by Tim and Beverly LaHaye and Tidded for Pleasure by Ed Wheat. If you're single, do not read those books. All right. Moving right along. I didn't have this much trouble in the first service, but anyway. The male sex organ is a fountain. The female sex organ is a whale. Not whale, whale, like you dig. I'm from Kentucky. Whale, it's a whale that you dig. Female sex organ is a whale. How many know that a fountain is under pressure at all times? At all times. Usually don't have to ask a man twice. It's under pressure at all times. I mean, you could get your house repossessed, car stolen, something smells like smoke, man, it doesn't matter. Hey, nothing on his mind, it's okay. But a woman is so different. She is like a well. How many know that it takes time to draw water out of the well? Men, you need to know that. Because, you know, the man thinks she's just like him. She is nothing like you at all. Like I said, the fountain's under pressure at all times. Well, it's work. Enough said. Two needs of a woman. My wife wasn't in the first service, so I, I anyway. I see eyeballs on me all the time. Two needs of a woman. Number one, this isn't all women, so if, if it's not you, you need to talk to your spouse. But generally speaking, uh, the number one need is security. Women, they may be impressed by how much you made, but they want to make sure how much you're going to make next year, five years from now, ten years from now. How are we going to pay for the braces on that kid? How are we going to put that child in college? And blah, 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 blah. I mean, they want to know. They want to know how things are going to be taken care of. And, you know, a woman starts talking to a man. Well, you know, praise God, it will. Usually not good enough for a woman to hear that. You can try to get spiritual on a woman and that. It probably won't work. 
She wants to know. She wants to know. So you can see how different men and women are and why there's some arguments going on in marriages. You know, when I hear people say, we're just alike, you know, especially when I, I do premarital counseling, oh, we're so in love, and we're just alike. <laughs> no, you're not. Nothing alike. I mean, oh, yeah, she, she even likes to play video games like me. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. One day you're going to have a rude awakening. It won't be polite either. It will be rude. R-U-D-E, all capital letters. You're going to have a rude awakening. Who is this person I'm married? They're different. You just thought that she was like you and he was like you. You are so different. Opposites. This is, I got this. Some, I forgot where I got it, but I got it. Medical science. In the womb of a woman, when she has a baby in there, 18 to 24 weeks, if it is a male, the mother will produce a chemical bath which will wash over the brain of that baby boy. You know, I mean, if you're... How does, how does the body know? This, God is so awesome how he does stuff. I mean, God is awesome. I mean, so something inside a woman says, yep, you got to... Baby boy in there, we're going to do a, put this chemicals over his brain. There's no chemical bath for the female. When that chemical bath washes over the baby boy's brain, 30 to 40% of the connections between the left and right hemisphere of his brain will start snapping into place. 30 to 40%. So when he comes out of the womb, he's either left or right brain oriented. He does have a brain, but it's either left or right. Some women said, yeah, my, my husband got washed out, all right. It was too much of that chemical. It's a joke. Between the two hemispheres of the female brain, it's like a six-lane bridge that's connected the two. Information is just flying back and forth. But for the man, it's like a one-foot bridge connecting the left from the right. And just so much information can go from the left to the right. <laughs> so a woman's brain's like a, a bowl of spaghetti, you know? And everything's touched and related to everything, and everything's touching to a man. It's not like that at all. His brain's not wired like that. It's like there's mailboxes inside his brain. If he's, he's got a work mailbox, he's got a TV mailbox, he may have a football mailbox, a golf mailbox, a uh, have fun mailbox, and, and a sex box, and what, all of these boxes. But this is the thing about a man. If he's in that box, that's the only place he's in. Nothing else exists as far as he goes. And a woman, everything's connected and related and touching. I mean, that's why when women talk, there's things going back and forth to the left and the right. I mean, just like, I mean, it's just like interstate city. Stuff is going on and nothing is getting confused inside of her brain. She's aware of that and understands that. And, but a man... The one-foot bridge. 
That's why, ladies, you could got you got all these thoughts going on, and man, so you're just okay. I got this. Okay, we're going to talk about this, and she just starts letting it talk and come out. And all those six brain lane bridges are just really getting her information, information, and she's just letting it out, and he's gone. What? 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 And so she's going. Haven't you been listening to me? He has. He just listened to that first thing came out of your mouth on a one-foot bridge, and he's going. She goes, what's the matter? You're not listening. You're not paying attention. He is. Trust me. He is. He is. He is. So, ladies, when you talk to your husband, you need to know that. And let me just back up. You know, um, when I said that the second thing men needed is sex. So ladies, don't think you, you married a caveman or a Neanderthal type man, you know, like that guy here. That's, so you understand, now that's how he's wired. Greg Fritz told me this one time, and I, it kind of relates to this. Not really. But anyway, he says, you know, God had to create us with hunger because he knows, man, that we would never take the time to eat and we would just starve and die and not even know why we died because we you know, have, had to, we had to put something in us to say, okay, you're hungry, so you need to eat. Well, it could be that way. It's just a fault about this whole creating babies thing. If, okay, maybe it doesn't. All right. I should have tried it out on the first service. But anyway, around the third or fourth grade, around the third or fourth grade, boys get into trouble all over the elementary schools in America. Boys outnumber girls 13 to 1 in remedial reading classes in all public schools. 13 to 1. It's not because boys are dumber. It's not because they're not as smart. It's because they learn differently. But sometimes in our society, okay, put these, he doesn't know how to read, right? He doesn't, they put them in there. God made the boys and girls differently. Their brains function differently. It's totally different. So men are performance-oriented. I mean, that's just the way that they function based on performance. Women are relational. Did you hear that? You need to know that if you have little boys or little girls, grandkids, even if you have no kids. If you work with men, you need to know that men are performance-oriented. Women are relational. It's all about relation. Men, it's all about performance. I can do that. I've done that. I can do it again. You look at magazine covers. If they're appealing to women, does he love you as much as he loves his fucking mother? That is the most stupidest thing. The woman to come back. <laughs> if there's anything on that cover that, that would attract a woman, it's about relations. Relationships and feelings and emotions and everything. I mean, look at that thing. That is so stupid. Who buys that? Women. 
And then you go to the men's section, it's got a guy dressed up in all kinds of army fatigues and everything, you know, and how to shoot paintball, how to shoot a buck in one shot, how to make your car go faster, how to, how to do it. Men picks that up, and the woman goes, that is so ridiculous, it's childish. My wife says, I used to hope that Mike would grow up. I've given up all hope now. We're created so different. Men and women are so different. But God gave you that so that you could become the most awesome team on the planet. Oh, I'm telling you, if we could get a hold of that, we would just be, ooh, I mean, we just, instead of creating hell in our life, we would just be saying, we're going to go look for some hell and clean it up. We are hell cleaners. <laughs> God created that. He didn't do that to, in spite of or so where there would be arguments and fighting and all of this. He created that so you could be a hell-busting team. Awesome for the glory of God. So, this one minister, he does a lot of marriage seminars, but before he did that, he was a school supervisor in charge of the employees and everything. So he told this one teacher, he says, tomorrow I'm going to go and sit in the back of your class. I'm just going to observe and just see how things are going. She said, oh, okay. So it was first grade, first grade. So he's going to observe the first grade. And so there was, uh, she started giving questions and so she asked the class a question, and little Johnny right way back there, and he's sitting close to the supervisor who was observing, raised the hand. I know, I know, I know. Yes, Johnny, what is it? 17, the answer is 17. No, Johnny, I'm sorry, it's the wrong answer. And just all the blood just went out, and he's just, oh, man. And then two of the other little first grade boys turned on him and go, you're so stupid. <laughs> but the little first grader, boy, I mean... The teacher went on to somebody else, and he tears started rolling. I mean, he crashed and burned, man. He crashed and burned. Why? This is all before. I'm, I'm going to show everybody. I know that I'm going to get this. I can do this. No, you can't. No, you stupid. He was crashing and burning. And then little Susie up here, she's got all of her little friends sitting around her and everything, and she says, oh, I know, teacher, I know. What is it? 23. No, Susie, I'm sorry. It's wrong. And the other little girl says, guess again, guess again. Eighty-four. No, ten. Guess again. Guess again. She can give six wrong answers, and all the little girls around there laughing and everything. And they're just and she goes, "But that's so much fun." Because all of her little friends are part of it, and just our relation. The boy's crying. He's crashed and burned, man. I mean, it's it's a mess. And you think, and the teacher didn't. Even, he said the teacher didn't even recognize that. You know, this whole relationship thing going there, woo, they're having fun. He's dying back in the back. It's all about performance. Men, women, you have to know this. Not only about yourself, but about your kids. Boys, I mean, we've had girls, we have boys. I mean, it's like, what planet are they from? And they, it's not, these, all these come out of the same person. How? They're so different. So different. Well, Performance-oriented, men, boys. Relationship-oriented, it's the girls. So that's, and they think so differently. You're going to be thinking differently. How could you think that? He's a man. Why would you think that? She's a woman. Quit arguing. So 
Top two needs of a woman, security. And she, the second one is that she needs love and affection. Not like the man. Not like the man needs... I, I read this report just last night. They said they did a survey of couples. And they said, what would be the greatest thing for you to do in your leisure time? The men said sex. The women said read a book. You can't get more different than those two things. Do you understand that? And a man would go, well, how stupid is that? Read a boring book? Yeah. And women would go, well, how stupid are you? It's the way they're wired. It's the way they're wired. So and when it says love and affection, we're not just talking about lovey, fuzzy feelings. It's really the God kind of love, which means unconditional love. Women, God's, that's why God told husbands, husbands, love your wives. Are women supposed to love their, their husband? Absolutely. But it, it, he wanted to make an emphasis on men to do that. Why? Because that one footbridge, he knows about that. And he's going to think, you know, I've got to reiterate this to the men. You need to love your wife like Jesus loved the church and died for it. Preferred the church before himself. Was living up in heaven and gave all so that he can meet the needs of the church. Put it first place. Like I said, husbands, wives, you can't do this in your own flesh and blood and strength. You will fail miserably. You will. It takes the grace of Almighty God inside of you, and the good news is, it is in you. It is in you. All right? So, know that we think differently. Know how our brains are even wired differently. This is all God's doing. It's not like, can't you agree with me on anything? She's going to go, no, because I'm here to be a blessing and to help you to see things that you obviously are not seeing. The woman, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. This is a scripture I... I misinterpreted the majority of my life. You husbands, likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman, and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. When Peter sits there and he says, uh, in an understanding way, most... Most books that you read or most jokes that you hear about marriage and everything, it's about who can understand a woman. Nobody. I don't understand. And they're understand. They, they, it's impossible. And so there's a stereotype in marriages that, oh, you're married? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, do you understand your wife? I said I was married, didn't I? It, it's like a foregone conclusion that you're not supposed to understand your wife. That's not God. Wives, your men, your man's supposed to understand you. Men, you're supposed to understand your wife. That's what that term, in an understanding way. Not just, and so that's why you need to spend time and talk with your wife because there's not a generic book that fits all what women are. Every... God is just, everybody's got a different
fingerprint, imprint, you know. And so every woman is different, you know. But they can be understanding. See, this, is, this got on the wooden foot bridge. I'm going to give it to you. It was a joke that I heard years ago. This guy was on a California beach and he said, God, you know, I'm, can't, I'm a, kind of afraid to fly. don't like to go on the ships and everything. He says, but I really want to go to Hawaii. Could you just make me a bridge that goes from California to Hawaii? And the Lord says, you know, you don't understand the, all that's involved, having to make concrete go all the way down a mile deep. You know, that's, he says, okay, I understand, I understand. He says, well, the second thing is, I, I'm married. I, I like, to, could you just help me to understand my wife and all of the intricate details of her life and just make me, help me just to see from her point of view. And I want to understand her. And the Lord said, you want it to be two or four lanes going away. It's a joke. God wants you to understand. I get back to my message. Um, God wants you to understand your wife. And men, God will help you for that to happen. Ladies, don't put pressure on him. Did you hear the pastor? Don't, don't even bring that up. Don't bring that up. And let me just say this. If he never understands you, you can have victory and joy unspeakable because of your heavenly father. You can't. But you can understand your wife. The second part of that scripture says, um, pull it back up there. As a weaker vessel. I always thought that, and I was even taught this, you know. Yes, the woman is weaker. I was 16 years old working at McDonald's one time, and this girl was an athlete and everything. And they were, you know how guys are and the girls are, and they're, and women. And so this, and so she, this girl, Challenged me in front of all of my friends. <laughs> I had a mouth and tongue, and it just was wagging. So she says, "Well, let's just arm wrestle." This is wrong. <laughs> my wife's laughing because she, know, the girl, beat me. <laughs> Took me a long time, but I have forgiven her. Don't I mean? But I mean, you talk about fragile. I was a busted egg for. Decades after that, a woman beat a performance oriented, relationship oriented. Girls, oh my guys go, I ain't hanging around you ever again. You understand? You are disgraced to us men. You talk about dying. I just, I didn't cry in public. I went home though and didn't want to come out like forever. What was I talking about? What was I talking about? The weaker vessel. So now you understand. I'm on the one-foot bridge. My sermons are all on the one-foot bridge too. But anyway, I always thought it was the, about the weakness of their flesh. And, and, of course, not based on my illustration, but the weakness of the flesh versus the... But that's not what that scripture is talking about at all. It has nothing to do about the physique of the woman or how much it's weaker than the man. It's not. It doesn't mean that. You study it out in the Greek, and it means this. A good metaphor would be like the great, expensive, fine china that your grandmother has back plastered and locked up in the china cabinet that she only gets out on rare occasions. Probably not while you're there, but in special... 
I don't know what it is. I, I had two cups of coffee. But anyway, it means delicate and very, very valuable. That's what that means. Very, very. So in other words, husbands, what Peter is saying is that your wife should be the most valuable thing on the planet as far as you're concerned. Valuable. Valuable. Precious in the sight of God. Should be precious in the sight of you. It will help us to understand these things because God wants you to have a tremendous marriage. He designed it. He's the one who created it. But the good news is He's given us everything that we need to have the most fantastic relationship on the planet. Paul said that the same relationship as Jesus is to church, marriage is to mankind. What an awesome relationship the church has with Jesus Christ. I mean, the oneness, the victory that we have in our everyday life because of Jesus. Peter turns around and says, marriages should have the same thing going on. That's a powerful statement. And it's a statement that God wants married people to know. You can joke about it. You can do all kinds of funny things about it. But when it's all said and done, when the dust settles and you're going home with that person, God wants you to know that not only can He help you, He's put stuff inside of you to help you 24-7 where your wife will look at you as the man of all men. And the man will look at the woman as the most valuable thing that God has ever given me outside of Jesus. What or how could I live without you? It can be a reality. You just need to make sure that God's involved in your relationship and that you are seeking Him and saying, God, I heard this message today. Now I'm going to have faith for it. I'm going to believe exactly what I heard today, that I am going to have the greatest relationship, I'm going to have the greatest marriage, and I'm going to yield to the grace that is in me for that to happen. It's in you. Everybody's looking for answers on the outside. The answer's on the inside of you, honey. To love your wife, no matter how she treats you, she can burn your toast. Wives, to love your husband, no matter what's going on, he won't take out the trash. I will say this, and Melody verify. The first few years of our marriage, Mike, can you take out the trash? Oh, yeah, okay. Mike, can you take out the trash? Yeah, yep, got it. And then other times, she, so she would get aggravated because I wouldn't take it out. I said, honey, just tell me. Just tell me to take it out. Just tell me to take it out. I don't mind. Just tell me to take it out. And then it got to be a long time. I started taking out the trash. I don't bat a thousand. But I do a lot better now than year five. Is that right? (laughs) 
I'm going to get one of those bobbleheads and put her face on it and go, boom. Okay. Now we're talking. What I want to see. Anyway, this is what it is. I realized it wasn't a disciplined thing. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a disciplined thing or I have to do this, I need to do this. It was a grace thing. It was a grace thing. God says, Mike, that's in you. She wants a trash taken out. You can do that because I'm in you. How does those two things meet up? It's called the grace of God to make her happy. This is what she needs. That's in there for everything. Everything. Guess what? It's in there for the other one as well. It's in there. And you start yielding to it instead of going, I have to do this. Mama ain't happy. Nobody ain't happy. You can do that for six weeks, six months, but there's going to come a day you're just going to be your human flesh and stinking self. And you will mess up. You will mess up. So is that when the relationship goes sour? Shouldn't. Shouldn't. But I tell you what, the more you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, to the grace that's inside of you, life gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Married to the woman in the Lord and I. Deep down inside, there's a singer somewhere. Yeah, it, there's no grace for that, honey. No, there's no. There's giftings and callings, and that's not one of them. But anyway. I'll stick to preaching. Let's stand.